right, all right, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday night service. Who is glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Praise God. All right, let's clear the coffee bar out. I know the, the coffee's extra good tonight. Uh, hey, we have a we do have a new coffee blend back there. I don't uh, you can go check it out. I don't want to mess that up. But anyway, uh, praise the Lord. We are going to have an awesome time tonight. Let's stand up together and we are going to speak some words of faith over the United States of America because we believe that America is coming to Jesus. Amen. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, Justice and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. All right. Well, I have got a lot of announcements to get through. And also tonight is special because we are going to be taking communion tonight. And uh, what, what we're going to do is the third Thursday of every month. What, wait, this is a Wednesday. All right. Sorry. My bad, Let's rewind that. Uh, the third Wednesday of every month, we're going to be taking communion from now on. Because we realized, hey, there's some people that uh, that aren't able to be here for the Sunday morning service. Or maybe they're working in children's church. And I'm like, man, there's some guys that aren't getting communion like all year long with us. So the first Sunday of every month and the third Wednesday of every month, there will be communion. And we're going to have that tonight. So I'm super excited, all right? Now, I've also got other breaking news, and this is huge, all right? Hold on to your seats, everybody. Hold on. I don't want you to fall out when you get so excited. High Desert Word Center coffee mugs. You see that? Yeah. I know. I know. Now, check it out. You wouldn't you wouldn't think it, but it actually makes the coffee taste better. Now, <laughs> hear me out. Now, I can't prove that scientifically, but maybe it's just, you know, mental but at the same time uh we have these uh they are for sale in the bookstore now we, we got a whole bunch of them the idea is that we give them to first timers but they are in the bookstore uh 5.95 for a coffee mug you can see uh, melinda or whoever's in there right after the service and you won't regret it tomorrow morning as you're reading your bible and drinking your coffee i just declare extra anointing all over you in the name of jesus all right hallelujah amen jehovah java come on somebody all right very good all right um Servant leadership tomorrow night, 6.30. Amen. Very excited about this. If you're, uh, again, if you're saying, hey, I'd like to get even more involved or, or, uh, or you know, just, just be able to help plan some of the upcoming stuff or, or be more in the, the loop on this stuff. It's going to be a great night, 6.30. It's going to, we're going to have some uh, leadership teaching, and we're going to uh, fill you in on a bunch of the vision and stuff for the new year. I can't even say all of it. It's going to be absolutely great. So be there at 6.30 if you are interested in hooking up and coming up to a higher level. Amen? All right. Uh, Saturday is the seventh day slumber concert. Amen? Yes, 6 o'clock, Barstow College. Get your ticket online. It's free, but you do have to have a ticket. And then uh, baptisms are coming up. Baptisms. Uh, let's see here. Let me pass this out. Baptisms are coming up. Uh, it's okay, ushers. I got this. <laughs> There's another one coming. So you. Be, all right. Uh, but baptisms the last Sunday of this month. And go ahead and sign up. Uh, we've got 11 people already, and that's just incredible. So I'm really happy about that. The next thing is Young Adults is coming up on Friday, March the 4th. Uh, this is going to be for the parenting class. Go ahead, Pastor. Uh, the Young Adults is going to be March the 4th. And we haven't had this uh, for a little while since before COVID. But uh, we're going to get that started. It's going to be at Pastor Katie and I's house. And it's going to be great. And I know you already knew this, uh, but it is National Tartar Sauce Day on March 4th of every year. Celebrate responsibly, but at the same time, uh, we're going to have the young adults come over, and we're going to have a fish fry, and it's going to be great. So uh, if you're a young adult between the age of 18 and 30, that's for you. I've got the intentional parenting uh, class coming up on Sunday, March 6th, 
It's going to be a five-week class. This is good for parents or grandparents or even if you want to be a future parent, okay? Um, But it's a five-week class, one hour a week, five Sundays in a row. Very, very, very good class. Um, It's $25. That takes care of the book. We're going to have child care provided. And anyway, I'm just encouraging you. Uh, It's going to be great. Sign up because uh, we are filling up really quick on that, to be honest. So if you're interested, get, uh, get signed up for that. All right. I think that is everything I've got to say tonight. All right. Very good. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yes, it's happy time. All right. Let's get the ushers up here. If you need an envelope, raise your hands and the ushers will get you one. If you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. And so we're going to open our Bibles to James chapter four tonight. James chapter four. Amen. And so as I was driving over here tonight, I'm just going to straight up, uh, the whole offering message here is comes from my kids tonight. So we're driving over here, and uh, Isaac asked me, uh, he says, hey, Dad, is it a sin to not tithe? And I'm like, that's a good question for a child to ask. You know, that, that's pretty deep. And so I'm just going to go with what the kids said. This isn't my words tonight. This is actually from Joel. Okay, so this is uh, <laughs> this was Joel's reply. And, and he actually replied exactly what I was going to say. He said, Isaac... James 4.17 says this, and here's what it says, James 4.17. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. I'm like, that's. I was happy for a 12-year-old. That was a pretty good reply right there. And so the King James says, it, it is sin to know. Uh, what does the King James say on that, Dad? How do you word that? It's not. It is a sin. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, it is a sin. And so, you know, I'm not going to call you sinners and stuff like that, but... Uh, you know, that, that's a good point that, hey, if you know the Bible specifically says to do something and then you don't, well, hey, you know, I'll just let you judge, your, you know, judge yourself on that one. But I did tell him this, that, hey, you don't have to tithe every time you walk through the doors. It's when you get paid. And so, of course, the kids make a little bit of money off of the little jobs and stuff I give them. And I'm teaching them to bring the tithe into the storehouse. Because if you can tithe off of $5, praise God, you'll tithe off of 50 right? And so on as you move on in life. So, anyway, this is out of the mouths of babes, as the scripture says, out of the mouths of the children. Uh, Joel quoted it himself. Remember to sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. Hallelujah. Can I get an Amen. All right, let's stand up together. We're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and offerings tonight. Praise God. And then we're going to get into some praise and worship. And then we're going to do communion uh, right after praise and worship. And anyone watching at home, you know, you can get the elements together and take communion with us tonight. Amen. All right, let's do this. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, Benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Feel free to join us at the altar tonight as we worship the Lord. Come, let's worship our King. Come, let's bow at His feet. He has done great things. Savior has done. See how his love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, hero, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great. We dance in your freedom, awaken to life. 
Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifts it high. Oh God, you have done great things. power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he won. 
Take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You guys sing that, sing it out. our hands tonight because we know that the battle does belong to the Lord. Amen. If we choose to submit, if we choose to surrender and let him have it, amen, then we have no other option but to win and win big every single time because we always triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. All right. We're going to get right into our communion time tonight. And so if we could just form a line on each side, get the elements, and you can take them back to your place. You can remain standing when you get there, and then we will receive the Lord's Supper together. Amen.
I'm going to read a few verses to us tonight out of 1 Corinthians 11. We'll start at verse 20 through 22. And just a little just a little refresher course on this. I'm not, I don't want to preach very long on this at all because I want to leave time for the message here in a minute. But, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul wrote this to the church in Corinth. And uh, it's no secret that they were a very carnal <laughs> A group of people, they, you know, they loved the Lord sincerely, but they were very, very immature. And so he has to give directions on communion to them here because, I mean, people are fighting over who got to eat more at communion. And he's like, guys, this isn't about the food. You didn't come here for a meal. This is to honor the Lord's body. And so 1 Corinthians 11, just a few verses here, uh, starting at verse 20, he says, When you meet together, you are not really interested in the Lord's Supper. For some of you hurry to eat your own meal without sharing with others. As a result, some go hungry while others get drunk. He's like, my gosh, you guys are carnal. And verse 22, what? Don't you have your own homes for eating and drinking? Or do you really want to disgrace God's church and shame the poor? What am I supposed to say? Do you want me to praise you? Well, I certainly will not praise you for this. He's like, I'm not going to tell you good job when you're doing a really bad job of simply taking communion. And so skip it down here to verse 27. Verse 27, he says, So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. And that is why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. And so let's take a minute here to examine ourselves, judge ourselves, and get real with God. And if there's something we need to repent of, do it. Do it right now. Get it right. If you've got a bad attitude, if you've got a, you know, a bad, a hard heart, if you've got pride, if you've got lust, whatever it is that's tripping you up, let's deal with it right now with the blood of Jesus. Amen. So let's take just a minute. Verse 23 says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is broken for you. Do this to remember me. And so we do this tonight, Jesus, to remember how your body was broken. And by your stripes, we were healed. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 25, and in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. And so, Jesus, tonight we take this juice and we do this in remembrance of your blood that washed us white as snow, that forgave our sins, Lord, and cleared the pathway to heaven for us. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands tonight. Jesus, we love you so much, and we could never say thank you enough for the sacrifice, Lord, for the price that was paid for our sins. We know it certainly wasn't because we deserved it, but it was because you are so good. And your mercy endures forever. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We praise your name tonight. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise this evening. Amen. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. That was good. You may be seated and we'll have... 
Pastor, come on up and deliver the word to us tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Isn't it wonderful being in a church like this? Lots of good churches, but this is my favorite church. This is my favorite people. Amen. And this is my favorite Bible. How many love the Word of God? Amen. And I appreciate the Holy Spirit on the inside of us to teach us and show us and lead us. Well, I'm not going to be talking about how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Then I want to show you a book out of the bookstore, first of all, by Brother Hagen. And, of course, better book I showed Brother Hagen because he's the prime, prime, my primary mentor that taught me so much in life. That I'm so grateful we've got a bookstore full of his books. Matter of fact, Katie Brady down in Texas just ordered a bunch of them from our bookstore on healing and the Believer's Authority to show somebody down there that needs to learn the Word. And so we're so grateful we have these at our bookstore. And, uh, you know, th this is some of our best tools for your spiritual toolbox. Toolboxes get these books. I've fed on the same ones for lots of years because he teaches the Word, he teaches the Word, he teaches the Word. He makes it so simple that you have to be a real religious nut not to get it. Amen. Amen. You know, the, the, the only thing that can stop the Word of God really is religion. That's people who want, want to talk all about God but don't know God. Amen. But when you, get, when you get to know Him, His Word becomes alive. And then, you read the, then when you begin to read the Word, all of a sudden you realize, wow, I was taught wrong. Wow, I believed wrong. Wow, I always thought this was right, but I found out this wasn't right. And so that's what I appreciate about his teachings. They're so simple that if you've got an open heart, an open mind, and I would never listen to anybody teach without having my Bible with me. I'd never read a spiritual book but I have my Bible right there because if somebody tells me the Bible says, I want to see if the Bible says it. I've learned over the years there's a lot of preachers that when they're speaking, they'll say the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. And some of them I've checked out and the Bible doesn't say it. They says why did they say? Because they didn't read their Bibles a lot, but the ones that taught them said the Bible says, so they just take it for granted. And so I love to read, read the Word of God. And so tonight we're going to be talking about what, what uh, flip that over, uh, how I've learned to be led by the Holy Spirit. Talk about me personally. How I've learned to be led by the Holy Spirit. And I, I think about my life, 42 years of serving Jesus, and a lot of those years preaching, that uh, we've had a lot of successes. But at the same time, when I first started off, it's like anything else in life, I stumbled. I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 3, Amen. verse 5 and verse 6. And I want to tell you one of the reasons I stumbled when I, when I first uh, become a Christian. I was in a really good spiritual church as far as uh, the Holy Spirit being active, but the people didn't teach the Bible a lot. And so... They taught things like this, that God will teach you through trials. God will send things to your life to teach you. God will lead you by things and different things, and they didn't teach the Bible. And so I believed that to start off with, so I was stumbled, and, and things didn't go right. Then I began to sit under Brother Hagin, Brother Culper, Word of Faith people, and they taught the Bible being led by the Spirit of God. And then all of a sudden I found out that a lot of things that came my way that they said was God teaching me, was John 10, 10, the thief coming to steal, kill, destroy. It wasn't God at all. And then as I began to read the Bible, I saw in Ephesians chapter 4 that God sent preachers and teachers and pastors in the church to teach the saints. And then I saw in John chapter 14 that Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will teach you. He'll lead you in all truth. Not one time did I ever say, see, that God, God will send uh, you getting fired off your job for no reason to teach you a lesson. I didn't see that God was going to send a car wreck to teach you. God's going to cause your wife to leave you or your baby to get sick because he wants to teach you something. I saw that Jesus came to give life to that more abundantly, and he gave me the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and Bible teachers to teach me. Amen? And so I stumbled at first, my first season of a Christian, because I didn't know the things I'm going to teach you tonight. And I wrote a note here to start off with, before everything, before we look at this verse, I pray in the Spirit a lot and meditate in the Word a lot. That helps me to be led by the Holy Spirit. 
And I realized as I was getting ready to come to church, and I thought, man, I've been sitting there praying the Spirit, meditating the Word all day. And that's the number one thing that sets me up for these other things. But, you know, we had a lot of people filled with the Holy Ghost Sunday night, begin to speak in tongues. Use your prayer language. Use your prayer language. Use your prayer language. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. That cultivates your heart and sets you up to be able to be led by the Holy Spirit because He's the one that's praying through you. And so anyway, being led by the Spirit of God, I have done a lot of praying in the Spirit and meditated the Word of God a lot. So Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. You notice it didn't say your head? Your head didn't get saved. You've still got to get your mind renewed to the Word of God. You can't trust your head. With all thine heart, that's your spirit, lean not to thine own understanding. And what that means is don't try to figure it out. If you can figure it out without God, then you don't need God. Your head can figure all kinds of reasons why something should work, but maybe it won't then. Or your head can figure out when God wants to do something in your life, why it won't work, but with God, nothing's impossible, it will work. And so it says, lead not to your own understanding. It says, in all thy ways, in all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he, not open doors, not closed doors, not car wrecks, not bad medical diagnosis, not prophets, not some brother or sister prophesied to you, said, he shall direct thy paths. He shall direct thy paths. And he's talking about trusting with your heart. So he's going to speak to you through your heart. And so in every major decision and most minor decisions I have to make in life, I've learned to listen to my inward man through prayer. I've learned to listen to my inward man through prayer. And you know something else I'll just tell you, uh, it's really... When you're looking at serious things in life, it's really it's really good for you, unless you have a really true spiritual friend that you know is uh, tight-lipped and quiet and talks to God more than anybody else, not to tell people the things you're wanting to do. Because a lot of your good Christian friends, they'll listen to their heads to try to lead your life. You know, I, I, I can't hit many bunny trails because we've already done this, but one of the most tragic cases I ever saw Back in Indiana, we had these friends this, this area moved into, really, really great Christian woman. And they'd been, she'd been married for a number of years. This older guy married him. And then one day she confided us. They never really had any relationship. They'd grown to be friends, but somebody prophesied to them one time in a home meeting, you guys are supposed to get married. She married because she was taught that prophecies lead your life. So those two people married each other. As far as I know, they stayed married, but really they had a very distant relationship. They lived in the same house, but it wasn't a marriage. And she said, well, we just don't believe in divorce, so we'll stay married. We don't really dislike each other, but really we don't really like each other. <laughs> you know, they just, it's peaceful coexistence for all those years. I had a little daughter, and I see the daughter on Facebook. She's a friend of my daughter. She's doing good in life and everything, so it's good. I mean, you know, a baby coming to the world, but... I, I like having a happy marriage. I like having a blessed marriage. I like having more than just a warm body to live in my house and sleep beside me. I like somebody that's my best friend. I like somebody, if I'm being hit, I can talk to her. If she's being hit, she can talk to me. And we don't judge. We pray and we love. And if there's things going on in life that we don't understand, we don't throw stones, we're best friends. We come through things. Been that way for all of our married life. But it wasn't because... Some person told us to get married. When the Lord had our paths crossed, we prayed about it, really, for a couple years. And then we become husband and wife, but we knew in our hearts, we knew that we knew that we knew that we knew. This is what Jesus has for us. Amen? And that, that's how it works. He directs your paths when you pray. And so anyway, my, my number one thing is I've learned to pray and listen to my inward man. And I want to show you a key scripture. Go to the book of Job. And I want you to look at chapter 32, verse 8. I want to give you a chance to get there. I want to see it on the screen because this is really, a, really a powerful scripture. I know the book of Job has a lot of negative in it, but every once in a while, he's got a nugget. Yeah, this is a nugget. Job 32, verse 8. But there is a spirit in man, and the inspiration 
of the Almighty giveth them understanding. And even back then, Job by the Holy Spirit knew that he was a spirit man on the inside. We are a spirit man, and the Almighty gives us understanding. When we're trusting him with all of our heart, our spirit, and leave them not to our own understanding, he will give us in our heart understanding and inspiration about what to do. So I've learned, and I want to keep saying this because especially new Christians need to learn this, and older Christians, if you've always been kind of an emotional person more than led by the Spirit, you need to get a hold of this. Your outward man is not the real, real you. When, when you die someday, your body's going to die, and your spirit and your soul are going to leave the body. And so you have a lot of feelings and things in your body, a lot of things that uh, are moved, moved, moved by what's around you, but your spirit on the inside is eternal. Your soul's eternal. And so you need to learn to listen to what's on the inside and just stay out of trouble. I was just thinking, as we worshiped the Lord a minute ago, about all the heartache can be saved in people's lives, Christians, if they would not live like the world and learn to live by the Spirit of God that's inside of them. I want you to look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And we're going to look at verse 14 and verse 16. I'm, th I'm thinking so much about the times we live in. And, uh, you know, I think about <laughs> the faith we have to live every day just for a trip to the grocery store. <laughs> My wife went to the store again today. Had the shock hit again today when she come back and told me how much hamburger was <laughs> and what things are. And I was talking to Katie yesterday about some different things, about some things the church has to do about money and stuff like that. I said, Katie, I'm so glad to know that our God supplies all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm so glad to know that if God leads this church to do something, that God's got the money to do what he wants us to do. We're looking to him, not at the prices. And, you know, let, let me just tell you what, 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 what little thing that I learned through an old woman in church. Oh, boy, lots of years ago back to Indiana. Beautiful woman of God, on a fixed pension, on a fixed income, pension, Social Security stuff, living in a, uh, it wasn't a nursing home, but it was an older people place, just older people. I don't know what you call it, an old building. And we just had little apartments for older people. And she, one night for prayer on a Wednesday night, she wanted prayer, said, said, Pastor, said, would you pray for me that my light bill won't be over $75 or something, whatever it was? Said, that's all I got. Will you pray it won't be over that? And I thought, well, the right prayer is that God will supply the need no matter what it is. You want it to be low, but if it's not low and you put God in a box, how's it ever going to get paid? And so I learned through that for car repairs, home repairs, and everything else, I know what I want to pay. I'll tell you one thing I don't want to pay is $8 per pound of hamburger. But I happen to be like a hamburger, and if, you know, you're just not a meat eater, that's your thing. Don't judge me. I won't judge you. I like hamburger. But the thing is, what I'm saying, because we like hamburger, Philippians 4.19 didn't change. And so I said that to say this, be led by the Spirit of God. If God leads you, your family, your business to do something, the first thing you've got to do before you look at price is look at him. Listen to him. Do you want me to do this? And then if in your heart, and we're going to show you how, if you'll recognize a stop or a start. In your heart, you'll know. If you're in your heart, you know this is what God wants to do, then faith pleases God. That's when you get the faith to work it. And that's when you might have money saved up for something. You thought, man, this was going to be a good down payment or something. But then the Spirit of God speaks to your heart. If you don't know these things, then you're never going to go very far. But the Spirit of God says, take that X amount of money you had and give this to these people. And you know what that's called? That's called a seed. And so I learned this a long time ago. If what you've got doesn't meet the need, then it's got to be a seed. Amen. So then when you sow that seed, that God meets the need because you stepped out in faith and you sowed the seed. But this is things you learn in life that are led by the Spirit of God. And so really it won't make any difference how much the car cost that God leads you to get, how much the house cost, or how much the job doesn't pay. One time God had me take a job that was half the, half, half the pay of what another job Alfred was going to be, but I took the job he wanted 
And we were really, really blessed for those couple years. I had that job at half what I could have been making. I was at the right place at the right time. But God had two serious heathen that were going to hell on that job there. He wanted me by them side by side. He wanted them to see me and hear me. And so I always looked at my job as a missionary time, that God was sending me to a mission field when I got a job. I listened like that. You hear what I'm saying? And so we're talking about Christians for the times we live in, learning to be led by the Spirit of God. And he said, lead not your own understanding. Can't figure out, well, I can't afford to take that job. And I go down lots of uh, stories on that. I've seen over the years that people couldn't afford to do what God wanted them to do. And a lot of them aren't on earth anymore because they got out of the will of God. Amen, 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 amen. And so uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says, For as many as are led by prophecies. For as many as are led by open doors or closed doors. Did you know the devil could open doors and close doors like anybody else? Do you know that the devil will open a door for you if you're, if you're a flesh-led person and not a spirit-led person, open the door for you looks really good. But you know what it is? It's like the cheese in the mousetrap. Here's what you stick your head through there and get in there far enough that it clamps down on you and it's all over. Amen. Amen, amen. Somebody said, well, Pastor, that's an open door. Well, do you know that because of circumstances or in your heart, in your belly, if you were God opened this door? You hear what I'm saying? He says, for now, you know, if, if you take the Bible literally like I do, he said, for men are led by the Spirit of God. He said, led by the Spirit of God. And then, of course, the Bible tells us in multiple places, God is a spirit. John chapter 4 says, God is a spirit. They that worship him worship him in spirit and in truth. And then the book of Hebrews, it says he's the father of spirits. And so he's a spirit, we're a spirit, and because he's a spirit, he's going to speak to our spirit. But that's why Jesus said, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear. And of course, like I heard a man say one time, he was speaking to a crowd of people, and so obviously he wasn't looking at a bunch of people with their ears cut off and said, well, if there's somebody who's got an ear on their head, you're listening. He's talking to spiritual ears. And so he says that we as Christians have to learn, and we have to train ourselves like everything else. We have to train ourselves to listen with our spiritual ears in our heart. And you know, I just think about the first people tried to teach me wrong, talked about all the time about hearing the voice of God. Well, they're talking about voices in your head most of the time is what they're talking about. But he, right here, the primary way God's going to lead you by the inward witness, and sometimes the Lord will speak to you in a very, very booming voice on the inside. That's happened to me about three or four times in 42 years where something on the inside of me boomed, where it just woo, it shook me to my core, but it wasn't my head, it was down here. It just shook my whole being because he spoke to my spirit. When he spoke to my spirit, it just reverberated all over my whole being. And so he does not say for as many as are led by voices in their head. Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says, casting down thoughts and imaginations and every high thing exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And so if you begin to listen for voices, then the devil's going to accommodate you. Amen. And you know, I just, I just want to say this. I want to teach you the word of God, not goofy stuff that I heard when I first got saved and goofy people I've seen over the years that are led by voices. How many of you have ever seen somebody that they heard, oh, God told me this, and God told me that, God told me, God told me, God told me. Most of the time those people God told them, it obviously wasn't the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ because the people are loony. Amen. So if you're led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Now, verse 16, the Spirit itself or the Spirit himself bears witness with our what? Our spirit. That we are the children of God. The Spirit bears witness for our spirit that we are the children of God. We call that the inward witness. And so a person that doesn't know anything yet, that accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the first thing happens to them on the inside, they smile, they cry, they change, and people look at them, and they not, might not be able to say anything with their mind because they don't know any Bible yet, but what do they say? I know. I know I'm saved. Well, how do you know? 
I don't know. I just know. I know. I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved. That's called the Holy Spirit bearing witness of their spirit. And that's the same way the Holy Spirit for the rest of your life will let you know spiritual things. Your mind will start learning some Bible. But the main thing is a baby Christian will know if they're living in a family that's thieves, they'll know all of a sudden, I can't steal anymore. They may have never heard the Ten Commandments, never heard anything, but on the inside of them, they've got a witness of their spirit. I can't do that anymore. Or they may be cut from people with a bunch of liars. That everybody lies to each other. And you know, the, you know the old saying, well, you tell when she's lying every time she opens her mouth. You ever, you ever heard talk about somebody like that? Well, you know he's lying. How do you know? Because he opens his mouth. Well, a Christian that truly gets born again, all of a sudden, on the inside, by the witness of the Spirit, they're going to know, i got to tell the truth. i got to tell the truth now. And so we as believers, we as believers, as we begin to train ourselves to obey that inner witness on the inside, then you're, you're, on, the, you're on the road to be led by the Spirit of God. You're on the road to be led and, you know, I think about this right here, a couple things here that I don't want to go down this road. But you notice in verse 14, it says, sons of God are led by the Spirit. Children of God just have the witness. Well, as you mature, it's easier then to recognize the leading. And so the sons talk about a mature believer. And then the children of God are ones who just got born again and haven't experienced much of Christianity yet. And so the more that you mature, you'll start developing into a son of God. A mature Christian will be easy to be led by the Spirit of God. And how does that happen? It's like everything in life. The more you use it, the more skilled you get. You start recognizing. You start recognizing on the inside. For me personally, what I learned after a few years of Christian living, that if I'm starting to make a decision, it may be having a conversation with somebody, starting to say something. All of a sudden, on this side of me, it's just like, it's almost like a physical thing, but I feel on this side of me, just things just tighten up and stop. I go, whoa, what's going on? And then I stop and listen because the Spirit of God starts to be grieved on the inside of me, and I stop. I say, whoa, I was going to do that. I was about to go that direction. I was about to say this. I was about to tell him, yes, I'll sign that. But on the inside, I knew that's a stop. That's a red light being led by the Spirit of God. And then sometimes there's things where your head tells you, no, 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 no. But on the inside, it's just peace, 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 peace. And I was talking, I was talking to Chuck and Heidi a while ago about this very thing, a deal they just did, and thinking about a deal. Mrs. Pastor, I didn't buy this last house we bought. Man, could you imagine a house selling in one day with almost double the price you gave for it three years ago and a man paying you cash for it in one day? And then bought another house, a really great house, and closed it on both of them in 30 days. But the Spirit of God, we've grown in life where we recognize the movement of the Spirit in our spirits. What do but Chuck and Heidi? They had a deal they wanted to do that was going to be really good for their family and things. And uh, it looked like really, really, really not a, not a right thing. But Chuck said he kept knowing because Chuck, Chuck's a seasoned, mature veteran at this. But they, they say what I'm talking about. And Chuck knew that he knew that he knew that he knew. So as soon as Heidi got on board, Man, they had three things took place. Sold two things, bought one thing, and everything came out on top smelling like a rose. Because the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God wants to prosper us. The Spirit of God does not want you or your children marrying the wrong person. A lot of us have been down that road before, but we know that's not a, that's not a good life. And so we can, we can learn these things 